This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. So, uh, all right, Myron's in here for Judd. Reckless speculation. And if you're into reckless Viking speculation, Matthew Collar has a full series on 1500ESPN.com here. Uh, it's Vikings off-season cocaine. It's the future of the Vikings series. So um, why don't you just, like, take the floor here. What, outside of quarterback, because we've, we'll get there too, but we've we've gone all in on that for three weeks. What are you most, on behalf of the Vikings, anxious about or interested in here, non-quarterback, with less than a month now until free agency opens up. I think offensive line is really interesting here because Joe Berger is going to retire and Mike Remmers was put at guard for the final three games of the season and they moved Rashad Hill to the right tackle. Well, they're not going to have Rashad Hill be their starter because they're very pleased with him being their backup and a guy that they can trust. But this opens up the doors to some pretty interesting options if Remmers moves over to guard where they could draft a tackle in the first round or they could go out and try to get Nate Solder, who is the number one tackle on the market. There's a couple other free agent tackles that might be kind of interesting if they wanted to do that. And they could even draft a guy to be their left tackle and move Riley Reef to the right side or have that eventually be the plan down the road. Or they could just draft a guard and what's a really good guard draft and fill him in and have Mike Remmers stay at tackle. And I think they have an opportunity here to really stack up this offensive line. I mean, you guys watch the Eagles offensive line dominate the Vikings defensive line. Yeah. You don't see that very often. And it's not like they built that offensive line in Philly overnight. I mean, it took investment. It took paying Lane Johnson a heck of a lot of money, right? And took years of development. But I think that that's what a lot of teams are going to be looking at. Not that they didn't know offensive line was important, but that you can always stack it up more and stack it up more and have – uh, good depth and things like that. So I, I think that that's a, a very real possibility and probably the top of my list. The other thing is defensive line. I mean, Philadelphia already had a good defensive line, and then they went out and signed Chris Long. Uh, so, th- I mean, when you saw that and drafted Derek Barnett, when you saw that last offseason, it was like, wait a minute. They added a free agent rusher and a draft pick rusher? Really? But they're also sending, like, waves of fresh, healthy bodies. Exactly. Eight deep. Yeah. Yep. As you get into January, yep. too, right? Yep. So they're they're running waves at you by the fourth quarter in January where you'd be the most worn down. And we saw Everson Griffin wear down, and he had the foot issue, too. 
that might be something the Vikings look at and go, you know what? Maybe instead of 98% of snaps, Everson should play 75% and be able to work other people in. Dalvin Cook tweeted, I think, the other day, you know, comeback player of the year, mm-hmm. question mark. Where does he fit in to this running back rotation when he comes back if he's healthy? Number one, I mean, just the, he is the guy. I mean, one of those very few rare running backs that everyone drafts at the very top of their fantasy draft who's going to play 80% of snaps if they don't decide to go out and get a number three and rotate a little more. Again, when you look at the Eagles, and I think we do have an over-tendency to look at who won and go, we should just copy everything they did. But there's some great ideas in here. Like going out to get Jay Ajayi when they already had a top running back in LeGarrette Blunt, who had led the NFL in touchdowns the year before, and then Corey Clement, who proved to be pretty good too. But they said, more talent? We'll take it. And so they had three good tight ends. They had three good running backs. So there's a possibility that uh, Cook doesn't play that that many snaps like somebody like uh, LaShawn McCoy, who's in there almost every play. But I think he is one of the most talented running backs in the NFL, and he could very reasonably be that guy. And he showed us last year that not only is he explosive, he can catch out of the backfield, but he is really smart. And he picked up quickly on pass blocking, something that he had rarely done at Florida State, and just picked it up just like that. I think what's really impressive, and the Vikings do have a lot of this characteristic as well, but the Eagles in particular and the Patriots have always been this way. They have a Swiss Army knife for every possible situation. Yeah. So they've got they've got uh, you know a multi versatile starting running back. They've got in Carson Wentz a dynamic quarterback who can make all the throws and do all the things. But then like once you start to get more granular, okay, do you have a backup quarterback if you need it that can lead you? And the Vikings check that box with Case Keenum for the most part. Like, do you have a, a bell cow who can grind out yards and grind out clock late in the game and score touchdowns inside? LeGarrette Blunt, check. Do you have a dynamic pass-catching tight end who can double-move safeties in a key game? Zach Ertz, check. Do you have a great backup tight end who scored five touchdowns in the Like, like <laughs> yeah. they check every yeah. box. So you can yeah. get really granular. And the Vikings don't check as many of those situational boxes as the Eagles. And tight end is another thing to watch because mm-hmm. Kyle Rudolph, they— I. Very much doubt they would move on from him this year. But next year, they could move on from him with no cap penalty at all. And he's scheduled to make $7.7 million, which is a lot of money for a guy who doesn't block very well and also is a good player like in the red zone, but limited in terms of his physical ability. And that's why in free agency, I really like the idea of getting Trey Burton from Philadelphia. He's a guy that ran a 4-6. He's incredibly quick. Was he undrafted? Throws a nice ball, too. I don't remember if he, where he was drafted, but just looking through his measurables the other day, as you'd expect, that's what I'm doing is grinding eat, film and eating, looking at measurables and looking at measurables of free agents. Yes, yeah, so I'll have uh, I'll have the fillet Mc um, <laughs> McFilm with a sprinkling of measurables on the side. I've, I've I been, like it. I've been tweeting out the different cereals that I'm eating while doing my work <laughs> nice. from home. Uh, yesterday was Honey Nut Checks. Wow. A couple days ago, Cocoa Puffs. Wow. You get to the bottom of that Cocoa Puffs and you've got some chocolate milk there. Wow. Like, this is fantastic. You and Judd are both 11 years old and yeah. so many glorious There's no ways. question. But I, that's why I really do like the idea of Trey Burton because they've tried to draft these athletic tight ends, Michael Pruitt, Bucky Hodges. But the problem is they weren't good at football. You know, like the running of the routes and the catching, the blocking, knowledge retention, the knowing stuff, like all of those things they had trouble with. Basically, the only thing that Michael Pruitt and Bucky Hodges could do was run real fast. And Trey Burton is an experienced tight end who has proven he could play in the league. He'd be worth paying out. So you have another weapon this year. And then if next year you want to move away from Kyle Rudolph, you have a guy who could slide right into your number one.
I like Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think we should care that he's likable. If we get away from all the emotion of how likable he is, what's the best case scenario for the Vikings as it pertains to Teddy B? Let's answer that when we come back because there's a lot of meat on that bone. Let's let's go a little bit deeper on that question that Myron just asked. He's in for Judd today. Uh, Matthew Collar continuing also, our Viking speculation. Serial suggestions. On Twitter, if you want to tweet me a cereal that you think that I might not know about Cookie or have tried. Do they still make Cookie Crisp? Yeah, I think so. Cookie Crisp is out there. Did you guys it's eat the good. marshmallows first, last, or just with the rest in Lucky Charms? Last. First. Last. You gotta eat them first. Ate them last. Last. No. I'm a last Save guy. Save to the end. Yeah. Why? Show some restraint, Medcalf. <laughs> Come on. Have some discipline. Save Jump those right marshmallows in. for Jump last. Jump right in. Thank you. On 1500 ESPN. Football! Football, yeah! Football! Yes. Get some of Matthew Collar's Future of the Vikings series on 1500ESPN.com. You can also find him multiple times a week on the Purple Podcast. Myron Medcalf, let's go back. Ask the question you just asked before the break about Bridgewater again, because there's a, let's let's explore the space here on that. Well, well, my whole thing about I like Teddy Bridgewater, and I think a lot of people like Teddy Bridgewater, but I think his likability factor, if that's a phrase, should not have any bearing on what happens with him in the future with this organization. What's the best case scenario for the Vikings as it pertains to Teddy Bridgewater? Well, let, let me touch on the um, the likability factor. That the likability and character, I mean, they can be two separate things. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't seem that likable. And Peyton Manning didn't seem that likable, but their football character was unbelievable. I think that Bridgewater has both of those things. So when they talk about he's a great kid, he's a great kid, they'll also talk about all the important things that you need to have from a character standpoint to be the face of an organization and to also win in the NFL. The mental toughness, you see it come through with him at the end of games, especially through his whole career. You go back and watch his Louisville career, and it's incredible how often he's coming through in big games, beating Florida in a bowl game, things that Louisville never dreamed of before they had Teddy Bridgewater. And all that matters when you're analyzing him, that he came into the NFL and did the same exact thing, took a team to 11-5 and and led a game-winning drive in the playoffs. So they look at him as the leader that the entire locker room buys into, the, the player who they can trust in big moments, all those character things that are really important to them. And those are major factors in this conversation. Uh, the best thing for them with Teddy Bridgewater would be to bring him back on a short deal that would be something like a Brock Osweiler deal or the one that Sam Bradford signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. He had, I think, a small cap hit in the first year, and then it went up the next year. But it was a high amount of guaranteed money, but not a long-term contract. And uh, obviously they traded him away, but that was a deal that was signed with a player who was coming off major knee surgery where they weren't sure if he's going to hold up or not. And they signed him to that deal, and ultimately he he didn't end up holding up. So I think that that works really well for the Vikings. The only X factor would be, is Teddy Bridgewater miffed about them trying to toll his contract, or does is he just kind of shrugging his shoulders? He has no power, though, right? I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the again, I, I hate the situation that Teddy Bridgewater is in. Mm-hmm. I hate what happened to him. Non-contact in a practice that should have been a promising year. Yeah, yeah. But again... All of that doesn't matter. We have to look at who he is. Yeah. He has no power in this. We don't know what to expect with the knee. Well, they should have a pretty good idea. And they were confident enough to have him one play away from going in as the backup quarterback for the whole second half of the year. If they weren't 
If they were worried about that, they would have had Kyle Sloter be their backup and they would have had Bridgewater be inactive for all those games. And I can tell you from a looking at Mike Zimmer answer questions about it for weeks and also from other rumblings that you hear that they were right on the edge of putting him back in. And there was even later in the year, especially when they lost to Carolina and case didn't play very well. I think some of the wide receivers said, man, should we go to Teddy? So at least he was looking good enough in practice for those guys uh, to, to have a conversation about that. Everson Griffin said that the captains all got together and had a conversation about whether to stick with case. So if that's what they were talking about, they must have felt in practice that he was close enough there. And the doctors must have felt like he could go back out there. Now that doesn't mean he wouldn't have rust when he comes back. And there's, it's still unclear if he would be the same player as he was before, but it's not like he was Michael Vick or something. I mean, he, he was not this guy who was running for five or 600 yards. Here's what I when I talk about power, you're 100 percent correct. I, I just think it's on both sides. Like Teddy has to realize, oh yeah, the situation yeah, yeah. he's in, and that yes, two years ago, pay him mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Right now, you have to understand the hesitation and the caution of everybody because I think everybody should be cautious yeah. about this. I think certainly he was higher on the depth chart in the second half of the season. But there's a little edge with Teddy because people like him. So there's a bit of a, we want to see him get back out there. Mm-hmm. We want to see him regain who he was. But this is about business, and it's about what helps the franchise. And that, to me, is all that matters when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater. And that's why I like the idea. If the tolling doesn't happen, which I don't think it will. I mean, looking over the exact phrasing in the collective bargaining agreement it says that the player would have to be unable to perform, not just on the physically unable to perform list, which he was, but he made sure to state that he was ready to perform before that. So my guess is that this tolling thing, it's got to be so super specific of a situation to actually have it happen. And that's why you never hear of it. I had never heard of it before this year. So if that doesn't happen, that's why I like the idea of a short-term deal that gets him paid to some extent. Because he is a quarterback in the NFL. And if they're going to pay Brock Osweiler, who is bad at football, or Mike Glennon, who had been benched because he was also bad at football, well, then a guy that has a really high potential, like Bridgewater, to be a franchise quarterback, at least deserves that with the question marks around him. And I think that they probably can find a middle ground where you could even bring back Case Keenum on a transition tag, which costs a little bit less than the franchise tag, but still allows other teams to make offers, and you can match them. That's how the transition tag works. Yeah. So they could do that and bring back Bridgewater without really blowing up anything with the salary cap because they've got so much room. So uh, the, the other name here that we've talked about for three weeks is obviously Kirk Cousins. And there's even been rumblings that Kirk Cousins' camp has floated, hey, Vikings, if you make a competitive offer, I'm in. I want to win, and I, and, and, and I don't want to have to score 30 points every time I take the field. My biggest concern about Kirk Cousins, if he becomes, let's say, the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, and so Garoppolo is now. You've got Stafford making 27 per year, Garoppolo up to 27.5. Let's say Kirk Cousins is in that same ballpark. If you look at the list of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league, and then... Look at the rosters around them. If you're not in that Hall of Fame category, in that Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees category, your team suffers because you can't build the rest of your roster out. So I, my, my concern would be that you're paying premium dollar and then maybe preventing the re-signing of a Stefan Diggs or an Eric Kendricks, and your quarterback is really good, but not good enough to overcome the roster deficiencies. 
And I brought that up to Pelissero yesterday from NFL Network, and he came back with a really good point, which is, okay, like, uh, first of all, you're probably overrating having to, like, not re-sign Stefan Diggs. You could, the Vikings are very good at manipulating the cap. You could probably figure out a way, especially with Rob Brzezinski. Secondly, if you're in a Super Bowl window, which we all agree the Vikings can win the Super Bowl yep. if they just get that position right, why would you want to go into the season with question marks? Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater's leg is a huge question mark, and the two years of rust. Case Keenum, without Pat Shermer, repeating his performance is a huge question mark. Like, Kirk Cousins, the question mark isn't, can he throw for a bunch of yards and be competent? It's... Is he like the eighth best quarterback or the 14th best quarterback? And so there's fewer question marks with Kirk Cousins, even though the price tag would be high. One of the question marks on Kirk Cousins, though, is whether he can perform in those big moments and actually be a winner. And you've seen it. It's it's on paper. The numbers are there when it's the fourth quarter, when it's the third and longs, all those things that show up in those kind of clutch stats. He's not really that great in, in those areas. And that's one of the reasons that Washington is bailing. Because I don't think it's so much as clutch existing. I think it's more of when you have to really make passes to win games. Bridgewater's anticipation and accuracy so good that that's what made him good in those situations. Not to mention having the makeup and everything else. Where Cousins struggles a little bit sometimes in those areas. And when teams play their their dime packages with extra defensive backs. Or they play those linebackers in deep zones. And they force you to make really tough throws. He has a lot of trouble with those sometimes, and there is where Case Keenum can as well. And it's one of the shortcomings of Case Keenum, why he was very poor on third and long. And I think that might make a difference to them if they feel confident in his knee. And they're the only ones that know. Yeah. No other team that, knows. We don't know. That's actually an advantage that they're they the only have. Ones that know. That's an advantage the Vikings have that like, the other 31 teams have no idea on Bridgewater. So yeah. if they feel confident about it, they might look at it as that difference in big situations on a team that is in a win-now mode with a great roster might decide it for them. And not even the money. It might just be, we think this guy is a little bit percentage points better of an NFL quarterback because of this, especially when we need him to be. So we're going to go with him over Kirk Cousins. And I, I don't worry so much about the salary. I, I agree with what Tom's saying. And I've also run the numbers, too. I was uh, eating some frosted mini-wheats the other day. Oh and I was looking yeah, through over Those the, are really good. You, yep. email, they are you good. can't yep. let them get soggy, which is the case with most cereal. Yeah. Yeah. Midway. Between soggy and, and yeah, so it doesn't yeah. cut the filled, roof of your mouth, right. but it's filled with yeah. the right amount of milk. Yep, I've gotten a lot of people who are big on fruity pebbles, but fruity pebbles overrated. They go down fast. I mean, they get that filmy junk. You got three minutes. Out. You got yeah. three minutes on yeah. fruity pebbles. You, yeah, yeah. You better be in a hurry. Um. Anyway, so I was looking at the salary cap for the Vikings in the future. I think they can afford all the guys they need to afford. I mean, they have set themselves up so well for the future that you can move on from someone like Latavius Murray. It's just a running back. It's probably not going to hurt you. You can set up with a draft pick or a free agent signing like Trey Burton to have a good tight end situation or restructure. The fact that you can restructure, guys, I mean, you look a couple of years down the road, there's almost no question they're going to restructure Everson Griffin because he's set to make a $10 million cap hit, but they can move on from him for $1 bucks. So that's a classic, hey, we'll just we'll just move on from you. Or you can restructure and stay, and we can afford all these other great players. So I have no worries about the cap and keeping all their good talent. It's really what the decision might come down to is Mike Zimmer saying, the reason I believe in Teddy Bridgewater is because I think he's a winner, and I think he can come through when we need him most. If we get back to the NFC Championship, I think he could do that better than Kirk Cousins. I think that's what the conversation might come down to. Yeah. 
Boy, this is this is such a key off season because every single time we talked about this the day after the Vikings lost that game against the Eagles, whenever they get to this point and have a devastating loss in that game, different coaches, different front offices, different players, it doesn't matter. They don't bounce back. But you have a chance to. You have If you get it right at quarterback, whether it's Bridgewater or the return of Case Keenum or Kirk Cousins, it doesn't have to be the same story. You can come back and win the Super Bowl if you do it right. You can, but yep. you won't go 13-3. and three. That's If you look at the schedule. schedule. The other thing, too, is Harder. if you go through the number of players who had a career year, this is always a sign where your team's going to step back a little bit. I think they'll still be very good, but this is where you need to be vigilant in the offseason in adding different weapons and filling out this offensive line again because Harrison Smith was one of the best players in the entire NFL. It's not that he won't still be good, but he had a career year last year. Andrew Sandejo had the best year of his career by far by his pro football focus numbers. Is he really going to do that again next year? Everson Griffin, the same thing, his career high in sacks. Usually if a guy has a career high in sacks, the next year he's getting... Five or six less than that. That just is how it tends to work. So, you know, they still have some rising guys, but most of this team is in their prime. And even with the running game, bringing back Delvin Cook, it's a factor because he's a great player, but their combined running game was very good between Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray. So you're probably getting a little better, but you're not getting like leaps and bounds way, way better than you were this year. So there will be some regression no matter who you bring back as your quarterback. But that might mean you go from 13-3 to 11-5 or 10-6, and and you're still in that conversation for a Super Bowl. So that's where the team sees itself. So you're right about Kirk Cousins being a better percentage play. He'd be uh, in golf, you're, you're laying it up or chipping out. What do they call that? When you're like in the woods, you could go for it or you can well, you could, you knock could, it out. Punch you could, it out. You could punch out. Yeah. Um, you could take a drop. Is Kirk Cousins like Don't taking take a drop? drop? Punch out. Don't take the drop. You yeah. could punch out. All right, well. I mean, it depends. Is the ball out of bounds? Are you Tiger? Um, yes, I you, think so. Are you Sergio we're the Vikings. At, uh, well, we're the Vikings who Sergio, went 13-3. and three, So I think we're like Phil because we like got right there and then we lost. Okay. But that, but you know, that Speaking was more like early, early in Phil's career. Yeah. You know what I mean? You for can, sure. you can chip it out or you can really go for it. And I think with Bridgewater, you're really going for it. And but with did Cousins, you gr- you're kind of chipping it out. Did you ground your club in an area? You don't want to do that. Because if it's a bunker and you ground your club, that's a, that's actually, I believe two penalties. That is. Kind of work the golf show into this. You know? The is. Venture Bank, Minnesota golf show. Just be like Tiger. Powered Punch by, out. Is it powered by? Uh, it is be? powered by Venture Bank. All right. Yes. The golf show powered by. Powered by. I need any sponsor to Venture be powered Bank. by because it makes me feel like football. <laughs> That's the best way. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, <laughs> good stuff, Matthew. Go eat, more, go eat some more child uh, childhood cereals and report back to us. Eat the marshmallows we... first, man. Do the like Lucky Charms. Save don't... it to the end, man. Don't do that. I'm with you. Uh, what's that? Count Chocula has marshmallows too, right? You got to save those till the end. Or is that a different one? No, I think that, yeah, I think it does. Okay. He's still around? You can find Matthew's serial rankings as well on 1500ESPN.com. Past his prime, though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God.